The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and with me here as always is Drew Silva. We are now just about one-fifth of the way through this 60-game MLB season, I guess with the exception of those COVID-impacted teams. Uh, I I think that's about 20% of the league that's been impacted by uh, the changes with the COVID schedule, but either way, you know, this season is flying by already, so um, we're here to do our best to break it down for you guys. Uh, the big topic in this show, uh, at least planned for this episode, is um, some widely available starting pitchers uh, who can help you out if you've lost one of the big names uh, so far. We've seen a ton of them out there. Actually, Max Scherzer uh, left his start Wednesday night against the Mets uh, after just one inning uh, with what's being termed as a minor hamstring injury. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday night, so just right after the game ended, the Nationals uh, revealed uh, what the issue was with Scherzer. Uh, you guys will be listening to this Thursday morning, but I, I doubt anything will really change. Um, it does seem like it's pretty minor. He did come out in the first inning, but I believe uh, Eric Fetty was warming up in the bullpen before the game, too, so it seemed like something everybody was aware of. Uh, Scherzer was showing diminished velocity in that first inning. Uh, gave up a run before leaving. Uh, as of now, though, there's actually hope he can make his next start. But, um, you know, for this episode, I mean, think about all the big names that have gone down. Like, you know, there's no replacing a Justin Verlander, but uh, we know that for sure. Uh, but I think there's a ton of interesting names. So uh, we'll get into that around the middle of the show. Um, but we'll start out with some headlines. And I think we have to cover the COVID stuff at the top. And, and Drew, um, you know, with the first place Marlins, who actually returned to action uh, Tuesday against the Orioles, they missed eight days of action. Um, they actually managed to full to field a, a full 30-man roster, uh, but it took quite a bit of maneuvering uh, in order to make that happen. But so far, so good for them. Yeah, what are they, 4-1 and one after uh, winning the first half of a doubleheader on Wednesday against the Orioles? Um, yeah, so I guess by winning percentage, they're the best team in baseball. Um, and you know, it may come down to winning percentage. Like, I don't know what the Marlins math is, but the Cardinals who have been off since last Wednesday and are hoping to resume play on Friday against the Cubs, they have to play, I think 57 games in 52 days. Um, and the seven inning double headers will help that, but I don't know that they're going to be able to play all those games. And then, I mean, 
you know, on Friday, if the Cardinals are back, then all the teams will be playing for the first time. I don't know, since the Marlins had their outbreak. Um, but I think we can expect there will probably be more outbreaks on certain teams. I, I think this, the situation with the Marlins and Cardinals has served as a wake up call. Um, they're actually enforcing protocols. Like you can't leave your hotel on the road. And I don't think there was a whole lot of validity to like the rumors, like uh, the Cardinals went to a casino, they said in Milwaukee, the, the casino itself, which, you know, checks your ID, scans your ID says they have no record of any Cardinals coming into the hotel on from Wednesday night on. Um, but, but they were spotted. I mean, Colton Wong put on his Instagram that they were playing golf at whistling Straits, which is about 45 miles outside of Milwaukee. Um, and I think, you know, golf is probably one of the safest activities you can do in like a group setting. Cause you get your own cart. You don't really have to interact closely with people. Um, but in general, I think it's probably a good idea if this thing's going to go on, if this baseball season is going to go on to, you got to stick in your hotel, man, you can't really have a lot of fun. Um, and, and so maybe, I mean, like there's compliance officers on the road now, I like the NBA has like a, a hotline where a player can rat out another player um, anonymously. I, I wouldn't mind seeing major league baseball do that. I mean, it, they have to be strict with it. it. It's, it's, it stinks for these guys who are in their twenties and some of them are millionaires and I'm, I'm sure they want to go out or like meet, you know, people they're attracted to because, you know, they're attractive human beings, but, I mean, you got to put that aside for, like you said, we're, we're not that far off from being done with this thing. Um, yeah. So c compared to a, a regular season, I mean, we're, you and I are in, in the groove of this being a marathon, um, but it's been very much been a sprint so far. And I'm trying to remember like, Oh, what are the memorable moments of the season so far? And I'm like, I, I don't got anything. I, I, <laughs> I just started. Uh, but what's funny with the, the Cardinals is, and it's not funny, I mean, hopefully they're okay and they're healthy, uh, but they've been stuck in Milwaukee, right? I hate yeah. to say stuck, that's that's not the right way to term it, but they're staying in the haunted hotel in Milwaukee. Yeah, the, the, the Fister? Yeah, yep. and, and you guys should look it up. Uh, there's some really interesting, funny stories uh, about various players over the years who've had different stories uh, of encounters at that yeah, hotel. I, I think Yadier Molina refused to stay there at one point. Yeah. Because uh, he had some encounters. But I, I would imagine they, they made him stay there uh, this time <laughs> around. And he's he's one of the players who has con been confirmed as COVID right. positive. Paul DeYoung, too. Uh, they placed Carlos Martinez on the injured list, but didn't say why. But they do have seven confirmed positives on their roster and they have seven players now on the IL. So I think he's just the the only guy that said he's not cool with them sharing his medical information, which I get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't really know how long those guys will be out. The Cardinals have brought in some reinforcements. I think it's going to be, it's tough, man. They've got the rival Cubs coming in to St. Louis this weekend and the Cubs are on a roll. You know, it, it, it's not going to be a good situation, but you know, you know, we know this season is kind of, I don't know, what's the word you would use for it? <laughs> Crazy. Completely random. Yeah, that, that works. That works. Um, not, not to discount the Cubs. I think they've done well outside of the bullpen issues, which we'll get to. But um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the Cubs might come into St. Louis and, and steamroll the Cardinals, given what what they've dealt with over the last nine days now. Sort of a, a waiver wire preview, um, but I was thinking about you know guys with the Marlins, uh, Brian Anderson, uh, Corey Dickerson, uh, John Birdie. Yeah, John Birdie. Um, I say go get them now if they were dropped in a mixed league. Like those are all you know, none of them are gonna like win a league for you. They're not gonna dominate. Uh, but I think they're really useful players. You know, Birdie can give you speed. Anderson, a nice balanced player with multi-position eligibility. Uh, Corey Dickerson, uh, you know, hits for average when he's healthy. Uh, I, I, they called him Monte Harrison, too, who I think is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those three guys I mentioned, Birdie, Anderson, and Dickerson, uh, you know, I'd say Anderson, I think, would probably be the most useful in a standard mixed league uh, that I'd go for him. But all three of them, you know, in a 12-team or, or deeper league, uh, they should be scooped up if they're, if yeah, they're we, out there. Yeah, we do a, a pickup of the day uh, every single day in the Roto World season pass, season tools. And John Birdie was mine for this morning, Wednesday morning. Like 270 career steals in the minors. I think the Marlins will be very aggressive. He hit, he hit second on Tuesday night. I don't know what he's doing in the doubleheader, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a guy that's available in pretty much every league and can be an elite stolen base option if he's getting every, everyday playing time. I don't know if this is like a new thing, but um, if you go to MLB.com slash starting lineups, you can see every lineup for the night. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, you can go back, you know, the previous days and stuff like that. And you can even separate it by... By team and you can see you know whatever you know i'm looking at the marlins right now just to see uh so birdie has batted second in each game i believe there you go yeah so uh so yeah i mean you like that volume at the top of the lineup and birdie uh qualifies everywhere too so uh keep those guys in mind if if you uh if you need some help as like a utility option or maybe you have an injury you're dealing with but uh yeah, I like those guys a lot as pickups. Uh, also, COVID-related, Juan Soto and Austin Meadows are both back in action. Uh, Meadows returned on Tuesday night. Soto was back Wednesday night. Uh, Soto, obviously a first-round pick in most mixed leagues this spring. Um, he's, he's actually convinced that he had a false positive. But uh, either way, he's ready to rock and, and really got right into it. Uh, doubled in his first at-bat. Uh, Wednesday night against the Mets, uh, singled in his second bat at bat, so off to a good start there. Uh, Austin Meadows went two for four with a triple and an RBI and a run scored in his first game back on Tuesday. So uh, looks like they're ready to rock, and uh, you know they should be expected to provide you know early round fantasy value the rest of the way. Yeah, the Rays looked like a totally energized team on Tuesday night with with Meadows back in there. They're losing five nothing to the the Red Sox right now, which is shameful. But um, yeah, I mean, he was a a guy that was like fast rising in drafts this spring and summer before the COVID nineteen diagnosis, and you know, definitely can be you know a, a top twenty outfielder the rest of the way with his power and speed combination and hitting high in a pretty good rate dynamic raise lineup. One of the biggest headlines of the week is. Uh, with the Astros, another major injury with them, which I, I don't know if it really shocked me because Roberto Asuna already was dealing with some stuff uh, coming out of camp. On uh, it seemed like the Astros were being pretty vague about it, but now we know it's it's actually something pretty serious. 
Yeah, they brought him along so slowly in summer camp, and we talked about how, how weird it was. And, yeah, it makes a lot more sense now. Um, he's headed for Tommy John's surgery, which, you know, I, 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 for re, for relievers sometimes that timeline is a little shorter, but I think we're, we're, we're still not going to see him back on a mound for 12 months at best. Um, sometimes it's 13 to 15 months for, like, starting pitchers. Um, but, yeah, he was the fourth closer off the board in most fantasy drafts this spring and summer behind only Josh Hader of the Brewers, Kirby Yates of the Padres, Aroldis Chapman of the Yankees. Um, I'll have a big closer roundup at the end of this episode, uh, but I think it's worth giving this Ozuna thing its its own sort of time slot. Um, and I, I think it's likely the Astros will non-tender him this winter. Yeah, uh, sure. He, he commanded $10 million in salary arbitration uh, this past off season. So might even get a slight raise over, over that um, because, or he'll at least ask for it because he did make a few appearances this year before going down with that elbow injury. Um, Ryan Presley is now pretty much the unquestioned closer for the Astros. He should already be rostered in all competitive fantasy leagues because there was that talk of him opening the season as the primary closer anyway, because Osuna was just, just came along so slowly, and, and now I think we know it's because his, his elbow wasn't feeling exactly right. Um, but, yeah, the Astros' bullpen at this point is, like, Presley and then 10 rookies. Yeah. Um, I guess Josh James got moved back to the bullpen on Wednesday, but um, I'll touch on that later in the show when we talk about pitchers we like who are available on the waiver wire. Blake Taylor, I think, is the dark horse there with the mm-hmm. Astros. Uh, he actually came over to the Astros in the Jake Marisnik deal uh, with the Mets during the offseason. And Taylor was in the Mets minor league system for a really long time. Uh, he came over to the Mets in the Ike Davis trade with the Pirates way back in 2014. Uh, pitched as a starter uh, most of the time in, in the minors. Made the move to the bullpen last year. Uh, and pitched much better. Stuff played up. And I'm sure the Astros identified that. <laughs> and, uh, and they're seeing the benefits right now. Uh, you know, we know Presley has had his own issues. So, uh, you know, if he goes down, you know, we might see, didn't Fernando Rodney sign with the Astros? Yeah, I think he did. So we might see Fernando Rodney at some point. Too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Taylor, I think if you want to take a shot in a deeper league, he's worth a shot, but, um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, there's some talent in that bullpen, but when you're relying that heavily on rookies, you know, but Hey man, there are a lot of major league teams dealing with the same thing, losing relievers yeah. two at a time. It seems like it, it tons of forearm strains, yeah. uh, shoulder issues, a lot of terrorist major strains. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a, a symptom of, you know, restarting these guys, having that abbreviated summer camp. Um, it's, it's not that easy for baseball players. It's why spring training is usually so long and, and starts to get really boring by the end. Do you think there's going to be a lot of trades later this month? I don't. I don't think so either. I, yeah. I'd be surprised if there was many. Uh, and if there are, like, you know, teams aren't going to give up much at all. Yeah, you know? I think it's going to be minor things to, like, plug some bullpen holes. Maybe we see some starting pitchers move, but I'd be really, really shocked to see a big blockbuster involving multiple prospects yeah totally um just because it's so random and the playoffs being expanded it's like eh, it's not even really worth it you know no i agree yep so uh let's hop over to some injuries real quick uh ozzy albies uh with the braves he landed on the 10-day injured list wednesday uh with a bone contusion in his right wrist uh he's hitting just 159 with one homer 
so far this season. 196 OBP, 13 to 2 strikeout to walk ratio, and just 46 plate appearances. Uh, his wrist has been bothering him for a while, uh, just about two weeks. Uh, and he's really scuffled uh, recently trying to play through it. And it's just looked uncomfortable at the plate. Uh, and the Braves just didn't want to take any chances. They hoped that, you know, week and a half, two weeks of rest uh, will give him what he needs to, to get back on track there. Discouraging, obviously, since the season's so short, uh, if you invested in an early pick in him. Uh, the Braves uh, used Charlie Culberson at second base on, on Wednesday night, but uh, they have uh, options there. Johan Camargo, uh, Adani Echeverria is another option, but none of those you know, are people you're going out to grab in a, in a mixed league necessarily. Uh, staying in the NL East, Robinson Cano landed on the injured list Tuesday with a grade two adductor strain, which is obviously not great news uh, for a couple of reasons. Cano was arguably the Mets' best hitter in the early part of the season. He was batting 412, uh, 14 for 34 through 11 games, OPS north of 1,000. Uh, the Mets actually picked up Brian Dozier recently, so he figures to play a decent amount at second base, uh, maybe with Luis Guillorme mixed in. Um, but they have other injuries. Jeff McNeil has intercostal tightness, uh, which he's downplaying, but uh, it's been so often over the years that like intercostal is like interchangeable with oblique injuries. So mm-hmm. uh, you really got to watch it there, and I'm sure the, the Mets will be careful, but who knows knowing their history. Uh, <laughs> Ahmed, Ahmed Rosario also dealing with left quad tightness, hasn't played in a couple of days. Uh, so the depth really being tested with that infield uh, Andres Jimenez, who uh, was a surprise inclusion on the opening day roster, he's been playing a lot, uh, and he's an excellent fielder, and he's actually hit pretty well in the early going. I think if you're in a deeper, you know, mostly NL only or, or deeper mixed league, uh, he could be interesting. I think he'll play a bunch uh, in the coming days. J.D. Davis has been playing third base with uh, some shuffling in the Mets outfield in the DH spot. Um, but none of them particularly interesting uh, in a mixed league. Of course, Dom Smith is going to play a lot now that Yuan uh, Cespedes has opted out. Dom Smith has been like one of my favorite pickups over the past week. I was going to say on, on Albies, he's a switch hitter, but he batted left on left uh, on Tuesday night, which mm-hmm. once, I, once I saw that, I was like, man, this guy is hurt. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really a big surprise when they placed him on the injured list on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, There were a bunch of new prospects uh, that arrived this week, and it's going to keep happening over the course of the season with injuries and expanded rosters and these player pools. Um, Our own Christopher Crawford is better at this sort of analysis than I am, and he's doing his own show on Mondays now with Colin Henderson, so you probably want to be tuning in for those every week to learn about these guys if if you don't know that much about them. Um, They did break down the arrival of Joe Adele, uh, who everyone knows, made his eight major league debut on Tuesday night against the Mariners, went one for four, hit an infield single in his first career at bat, uh, and had a sprint speed of 30.4 feet per second getting up the first base line, which is truly elite. Um, an, an incredible athlete, uh, some power. I, I think that still needs developing, but it's there. And, and he, he's a, a physical specimen, really, and a ton of speed, excellent defense, really is going to be a five-tool guy eventually might already be that, and he's going to be around and doing damage for the Angels for a long, long time. Uh, hit seventh on Tuesday. I was going to check where he is tonight. Seventh again. 
Um, but manager Joe Madden did say that he could envision moving Adele up pretty quickly. Just lots of confidence in the 21-year-old. They think he's he's really ready. Monty Harrison, who you, you mentioned earlier of the Marlins, he made his major league debut on Tuesday night as well. Uh, got the call from the team's alternate training site amid that big flurry of roster moves that DJ wasn't able to help us write up on Roto World. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Because, because his power went out, like in quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Boyer and Crawford actually handled the bulk of the blurbs for those. Nice. Um, but yeah, Harrison took a little while to, to find his footing as a prospect, um, but he was drafted out of high school, so that's not really an uncommon thing for a teenager. Uh, had an 808 OPS with nine home runs and 20 stolen bases in 56 games last season at the AAA level. A lot of speed, pretty good power, really confident young guy. Uh, his brother plays in the NBA for the Bulls. Uh, so athletic family, and I think he's going to be a big part of of the revival there in Miami eventually. For me, he's kind of a wait-and-see guy in fantasy, far more than Adele, who I think is a lot more ready for prime time. Yeah. Um, Harrison went 0-3 for 3 with three strikeouts in his debut on Tuesday versus the Orioles, and then 0-3 for 3 with two strikeouts in the first half of Wednesday's doubleheader. Sounds about uh, but, right. Yeah, it's starting to give me Lewis Brinson vibes. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but no, Harrison's going to be a big-time player. Um, Luis Patino got the call to the Padres on Tuesday, one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. 2.35 ERA, 279 strikeouts, and 234 career minor league innings. He's going to work in relief initially, but Padres manager Jace Tingler has already indicated that He's looking for a spot to get him a start. Um, so I think that's going to happen relatively quickly. And um, if he starts making regular starts, I think he's definitely a guy to scoop up in fantasy. Just a ton of talent. I, he's 20 years old. He's really young. Yeah. Uh, but he's pitched in the upper minors, well, double A. Um, and the stuff is definitely there. Uh, and then finally, Nick Madrigal, the White Sox, he suffered a separated shoulder while playing in his fifth major league game Tuesday night in Milwaukee. Uh, slid awkwardly into third base while trying to go first to third on a Luis Robert single to center field. It was a hard hit single too. You know, that was probably some ill-advised aggressiveness from Madrigal, but that's kind of part of his game being aggressive, at least on the bases. He's an incredibly patient hitter at the plate. Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll be sidelined for at least a couple of weeks. It sounds like mm -hmm. the White Sox are hoping that he'll be back before the end of August, but you never know with shoulders. Um, so that's that's kind of a scary thing and, and something to watch for the White Sox. That's yeah, a bummer. Uh, so before we move on to the starting pitchers, uh, just a, a quick plug here. The all-new Roto-World Premium subscription packages have the tools and resources you need to dominate your fantasy leagues from drafts through the playoffs. Best of all, subscriptions are not just one sport. They include football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. That's a whole new deal uh, with our premium subscription uh, and as a listener of the Roto World Baseball Podcast, you can get $10 off any annual subscription to Roto World Premium. To find your edge, visit rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code BBPOD10 at checkout. Again, it's BBPOD10 at checkout. It's really cool. You can get access uh, to all those sports because I, I know over the years, you know, I've, I actually started out playing fantasy basketball when I was in like eighth grade or something like that and played that uh first and then i got introduced to fantasy football and then of course i'm doing this fantasy baseball uh but yeah i mean it's not just one 
for a lot of people. They're into all of them. So uh, it's nice to get access to all these premium products here. So definitely check it out. Go to rotorworld.com slash edge. Uh, and good luck. Your fantasy football draft's probably coming up soon. So uh, we have lots of good stuff up there for you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm a guy who used to play every fantasy sport, too, even hockey, which I love hockey, but it's hard to keep track of people on the teams I don't root for. Um, yeah, I really like <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think there are. I think most most casual sports fans like to play them all. Yeah, hockey. I, I almost did that I, when I did like my my all sport like league of leagues. We were thinking about adding hockey, and I had to just I had to piece out of that league because I I just I couldn't compete. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's it's hard enough for me to like pay attention to the to football and basketball when you're like doing baseball twenty four seven year round. It's just hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I had to get out of there, but, uh, I mean, it's fun what's going on at the NHL right now. I'm sure you're into that. Yeah. I mean, the, the blues are playing in, in the, these round Robin games right now. Like they, they don't have to qualify to get to the, I guess they're calling it the second round. So they're kind of still in, in exhibition season. Um, they're, they're playing essentially for a seed, mm-hmm. um, which, which I, I don't know in, in hockey playoffs, like seeding doesn't matter. It's going to be a tough road no matter what to win the stanley cup to win it again hopefully for the blues so i'm kind of tuned out on that I'll, I'll watch it i'll have it on the background like doing something else but yeah it's been cool to watch the games that actually matter there's really cool intensity and the way the nhl set up these bubbles in edmonton and toronto they they could just come across on tv so well i think hockey's kind of perfect like I've, yeah. I've watched basketball baseball obviously a soccer but hockey, there's so much constant movement that you never, you're never really looking at the crowd. There's not like crowd shots during a game. Right. It's all about, all right, where's the puck? What are they doing? Whose line is on? Um, right. So it's, it's kind of a sport that can exist in a bubble and, and be okay. It's fun to have fans go nuts during the playoffs, but it, it's, it's been really cool to watch. You can watch it on NBC too. That's, I was going to say. And it's like all day too, right? <laughs> yep. It starts at noon and pretty much goes till the West coast baseball games are done. Awesome. And you know, the baseball doesn't really, I I was wondering how I would feel about baseball because like I, as you know, I watch pro wrestling. I haven't been watching it as much recently because I have other things to do, namely anything baseball related, but uh, without the crowds, it's really, it's just really strange. Uh, Baseball. I was worried about how it would be because we haven't seen a lot of live sports. It doesn't really bother me at baseball to be honest. And I think like the piped in crowd noise, like just kind of helps. It's like, it's like if you uh, have like a noise machine when you like sleep at night, like it's just like this thing where I'm like, okay, I'm used to having that sort of like hum in the background and I barely even pay attention to it. It kind of, it shows our our weakness as humans that like we need that. (laughs) Uh, I think football is going to be the weirdest, assuming there's nobody in the stands, but I hope they play, man. That's going to be really hard to pull off. I know. But I, I hope they play. That's the big difference between baseball and the other sports is, like, you can kind of do the social distancing thing in baseball. There's just not a lot of interaction between the teams. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think it's a lot more possible. But uh, obviously they have different models of how they're doing things. So uh, Yeah, if there's one little outbreak on, on a football team, like, that, that thing is spreading. Yeah. So like I was saying at the outset of the show – uh, we've seen a ton of big name pitchers fall off the board in the early part of the season. Whether it is that quick ramp up we're talking about, like spring training, you're all pretty much ready to go for the season, shut it down, 
couple months later you try to ramp it up again and it's a shortened camp uh, it could be that I think it is in many cases or it's just randomness too uh, but it still feels like an unusually high number Max Scherzer we mentioned at the top of the show but Mike Soroka and Shohei Otani really high profile injuries there Soroka with the Achilles tear he's done for the year having surgery in the next week Shohei Otani uh, with the grade two strain uh, it's his flexor pronator right yep yeah, so grade two strain, not good. Chances are he's not pitching this year. Uh, we know he can DH, uh, but who knows where this is going to go as far as his uh, his future as a pitcher, uh, which is really unfortunate. Uh, Justin Verlander, done, most likely. We'll see. Uh, but in a shortened season, it's hard to imagine him coming back. I guess we'll see. Corey Kluber, Marcus Stroman, Maz Michaelis, Cole Hamels has had issues dating back to spring training. Rich Hill hit the injured list this week with a shoulder thing. Uh, so a lot of pitchers you were counting on in fantasy leagues go down. Uh, but I really feel like it's something that fantasy players can withstand this year. Um, there's, I'd say, about a good dozen widely available starting pitchers who I think could be interesting for the shortened season. You want to go through with me real, real fast? We'll yeah. try to get through this as quick as we can. So uh, the top name for me uh, is Griffin Canning with the Angels. Uh, maybe my favorite. He's rostered in 36% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, but I, I actually did, when we did our magazine, I, I he was one of my bold predictions. Uh, I said he would be he would prove to be an excellent late round value, outproducing teammate Shohei Otani and Andrew Heaney as the Angels make things interesting in the AL wildcard race. I'm sticking by that. I'm sticking by that prediction. (laughs) Uh, We know Canning dealt with some elbow issues last season, but when healthy, he was really impressive. He had the 17th highest swinging strike percentage among pitchers with at least 90 innings pitched. Uh, If you remember, there was some concern about his uh, ulnar collateral ligament uh, during spring training, uh, but the shutdown was beneficial for him. Uh, Feels much better now, and it's showing in his performance. Uh, has a 3.38 ERA through his first two starts, 12 to 4 strikeout to walk ratio, over 10 and two thirds innings. Uh, seems to be relying less on his fastball and more on his off speed stuff, uh, particularly his curveball, uh, which has actually increased its spin rate. Uh, so, a part of his success there with the curveball. Uh, so, someone who's really interesting already, but back on the map because he's healthy and evolving as a pitcher. Uh, so again, 30, 36% roster in Yahoo, but I think it should be much higher. I've been super impressed by the Astros' Christian Javier, um, who's probably already rostered in pretty much every competitive league at this point. His roster percentage was 18% at the start of this week, and now it's all the way up to 53%. This is on Yahoo. Hmm. Um, so, so people that are paying attention to their leagues, he's probably already gone from the waiver wire. Uh, but he made the opening day roster for the Astros as a reliever initially, but quickly jumped into the starting rotation with some of the injuries they've had. Dominated the Dodgers of all teams in his first career major league start uh, back on July 29th. Eight strikeouts, one run allowed, over five and two thirds, uh, two hits, one walk. Again, this was against the Dodgers, who maybe the best top to bottom lineup in baseball. Um, right up there with the Astros, who Javier pitches for. Uh, he then worked six innings of one-run ball against the Diamondbacks in a second major league start. That was this past Tuesday. So a 1.42 ERA, 11 strikeouts through his first 12 major league innings. Um, and the problems with control that he displayed in the minors haven't shown up yet. 
Um, maybe that'll happen eventually, but he looks locked in. The next, His next start is at Oakland, so that'll be another tough test. But I'd be starting him with confidence in, in any fantasy league right now. Um, another interesting Astros pitcher is Framber Valdez, who actually might be widely available in leagues, at least more than Javier. Um, he piggybacked off Josh James on Sunday and struck out eight batters while allowing only one unearned run over six and a third innings of relief. And like I said at the top of the show, James has been moved back to the bullpen. The Astros announced that Wednesday. I like James coming into the year, but the lack of command just wasn't playing in that rotation role uh, that he earned out of summer camp. Um, so I think Valdez should be a locked-in starter moving forward. Uh, he'll, he'll pitch in that series at Oakland like Javier. He'll pitch actually the, the day after Javier. Um, so I think both of those guys should, should be considered streamable or, or if not rosterable for however long they're in the Astros rotation. I agree. I like both those guys. Um, so two pitchers uh, just recently returned from injury. John Means with the Orioles rostered in just 16% of Yahoo leagues. Means, of course, was a pleasant surprise for the Orioles last season. Uh, put up a 3.60 ERA and 1.16 whip in 155 innings. I think he actually was the Orioles all-star representative last year. Um, he actually began this year on the injured list with arm fatigue. Uh, was hit was hit pretty hard in his first start back against the Yankees, but uh, was better against the Marlins on Tuesday. Uh, but I think the most interesting thing about Means is that he's throwing a lot harder than he did last year. I mean, a lot. His average fastball velocity is up by three miles per hour, uh, from 91.8 miles per hour to 94.8 miles per hour. And there's a weird story behind that. He he uh, upped his velocity by throwing into a mattress during his quarantine, <laughs> uh, and also pitching to his brother Jake, who is uh, in the mi- in the minor league system with the Royals. Uh, so they've been throwing. They've been uh, he was throwing his brother in like a controlled setting. But yeah, throwing into a mattress is what uh, increased the velocity there. Uh, we'll see if that starts to, to spread. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the thing about Means is that he was actually placed on the bereavement list Wednesday to attend to a family matter. So it's unclear if he'll make his next start against the Nationals this weekend. Obviously, we wish all the best for him. Uh, but assuming he's back with the Orioles soon, you know, he should be picked up in most leagues. Again, 16% in Yahoo leagues. Uh, the other one, Anthony DiSclefani, rostered in about 35% of Yahoo leagues. I feel like we've talked about him a lot over the years, maybe one or two episodes annually. Uh, <laughs> but uh, DiSclefani didn't allow a run over five innings uh, and a no decision uh, in his season debut Sunday. I, Sunday against the Tigers was in a doubleheader. Um, it was his debut because he missed some time with an oblique injury, but He's back healthy now. You look at the numbers last year, 3.89 ERA over 31 starts. Uh, just about a strikeout per inning with really good control. Yes, it's a hitter-friendly ballpark. There will be times when he gets hit hard. Uh, but I think for the most part, he's a pretty respectable you know, fifth or sixth starter, or even in a standard mixed league. So, And I like that Reds lineup a lot. They're going to score runs for him. Uh, so I think he's in a good situation there. Tyler Malley. You know, if you really want to take a shot in a deeper league, he's uh, rostered in 5% of leagues. Uh, he's coming off a really good start uh, Tuesday against the Indians. Uh, homers destroyed him last year, uh, so he had a 5-1-4 ERA. But he's switched up his pitch mix so far this year, throwing his slider again, which has been a good pitch for him in the past. So 
Uh, I think he's at least interesting if you really want to take a gamble or if he has a good matchup coming up. Yeah, I mean, De Sclafani and, and Mali will have a lot of Pirates and Tigers and Royals sure. matchups um, like we've talked about before. So if, if you're not going to pick them up, at, at least consider them as streaming options and, and, and grab them before someone else in your league sees that they're facing the Pirates, Royals, or Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, you say Kakuchi of, of the Marlins, or I mean the Mariners, I'm sorry. I always get Marlins and, and Mariners mixed up when I'm writing. It's, I uh, always get Padres uh, and Brewers mixed up for some reason. So you're not alone. Like, it happens. Maybe now that the Padres are, are wearing the brown. Whew, I'm, I'm watching the Dodgers and the Padres now, right now, and I, I just love the Padres uniforms, man. They're just, they are. They look, yeah, they look good. great. They're really good. Have you noticed that a lot of teams are wearing their alternates more this year? Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's like a, a directive from Nike to sell some jerseys. Maybe. Anyway, uh, Kikuchi, back to Kikuchi. He, he had a, a good amount of fantasy hype leading into last season because he, he signed that big deal out of Japan. Three years, $43 million guaranteed, and there's like a ton of option years that can push it up past $100 million. Um, his rookie season in Major League Baseball was a big letdown. 5.46 ERA, only 116 strikeouts in 161 innings. But maybe like John Means, uh, he figured something out with his velocity. He's He has upticked his velocity to almost three miles per hour. Um, and I don't know, it looks like a usable starter again to me in fantasy. I know people probably dropped him pretty quickly last year. Um, he did struggle a bit in his 2020 debut. That was on July 26th against the Astros, um, a good lineup, but then rallied to throw six scoreless innings with nine strikeouts this past weekend against the A's, 20 swinging strikes in that one against a pretty good and deep Oakland lineup. Um, I, I think it's just made him a much more effective pitcher to have that velocity. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, he gets the Rockies next, but it's in Seattle, not at Coors Field. Um, rostered in only 7% of Yahoo leagues. I think he's probably more of a streamer than a guy you want to add right now. Um, but he throws a ton of different pitches. I, I think he's definitely worth streaming in certain matchups moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he was on the mixed league radar last year. Uh, obviously, that didn't didn't work out. But adding that velocity, I think any pitcher who adds velocity like that is automatically on the way up. So uh, at least keep an eye on him. But, uh, you know, I'd take a shot on him right now. Um Two prospects who don't really need introductions, but uh, I, I don't think you really want to go stashing a ton of prospects this year because who knows what the timeline's going to be, uh, depending on how teams feel they you know are in the contention window. Uh, but Spencer Howe with the Phillies, uh, Casey Mize with the Tigers, uh, I think we're going to see both these guys really soon. Uh, Howard maybe sooner. He's actually a consideration uh, to start Sunday against the Braves, and that's according to Joe Girardi. So we'll see. Uh, I think maybe he would have pitched already if it wasn't for the whole COVID situation uh, with the Phillies. But uh, he was awesome in the minors last year. He's already one of the Phillies' best pitchers. You know, So it'll just be a matter of time. There was actually some speculation about Casey Mize uh, last weekend with the Tigers. It sort of felt inevitable on Saturday. Uh, there was some hinting going on with the Tigers. But Saturday's game got rained out. They ended up scrapping the idea when they played a doubleheader on Sunday. And, of course, they didn't end up playing the Cardinals this week, so they sort of had just reset their rotation, which pushes everything back another five days. Uh, so I think he might be a few days behind Howard on the on the timeline, but uh, I think it's going to be pretty soon before we see Mize, too. And, 
you know, if you are a dedicated fantasy player, you know these guys. Um, but if they're out there on waivers, I think it's definitely worth, you know, going for the upside. As long as you're not dropping anybody super important or it's hindering you in some other way, I think that's a big deal this year. Uh, where normally maybe you could get away with stashing a prospect for a couple of weeks. I'd rather not do that this season. Uh, but I think in this case with Howard and Mize, it's defensible. Yeah, I think, like you said, they both would have already probably made their major league debut if the Phillies and Tigers weren't affected schedule-wise by the fallout uh, with the Marlins and the Cardinals, respectively. Um, and, and you were talking about Means throwing into a mattress and increased his velocity that way. Jack Flaherty has been like filming his bull or he was filming his bullpen sessions at that haunted hotel in Milwaukee. And he was throwing into a mattress. Really? So maybe, yeah, maybe on Friday night against the Cubs, he comes out throwing like a one Oh one. I love it. Right. I, I've got to get a shout, a shout out to Pablo Lopez, uh, who started the Marlins first game since their COVID-19 outbreak on Tuesday against the Orioles through five scoreless innings, struck out seven, uh, in a victory. It, it was actually a season debut. That's how long the Marlins were down for. His changeup looked especially awesome. He threw it, I think, 33% of the time, um, paired with a, a fastball that can hit the mid-90s. You know, it, This was against the Orioles, uh, but he gets your Mets next, DJ, who are banged up like you talked about. And yeah. I think he should be rostered in more than – he's at 8% of Yahoo leagues right wow. now. Um, a big favorite of, of our, our rankings guru, Matthew Poliot at, at Roto World. Um, I, think he sh- I think he's deserving of a pickup right now. I agree. Uh, so let's close the show uh, appropriately enough with the, with the closer situations around the league. Uh, sometimes I'm like, things change so much that I, I don't even know if this will be relevant tomorrow morning. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I we'll, just we'll do our to- best. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I just want to throw my hands up here. If we should be videoing this, like every day, it seems there are several new closer changes, and I'm the guy who's responsible uh, for updating the closer report in our season tools at Roto World, which everybody should sign up for because I put a lot of work into into that stuff. Um, but yeah, just to hit on a handful of these real quick, uh, Angels manager Joe Madden announced late Tuesday night that he would be switching into more of a closer by committee approach with Hansel Robles getting bumped into more of a lower leverage role for the time being. He had really struggled out of the gate. Ty Buttry got, got the latest save chance on Tuesday versus the Mariners and converted it. Um, so it's easy to just kind of call him the guy to add in fantasy, but I think we'll see Keenan Middleton, who is a, a former closer with the angels. He could get some looks uh, Felix Pena, who has often worked in kind of a swingman role between the rotation and the bullpen, uh, but the Angels have a bit more starting pitching depth now than they have in years past, so maybe he sticks in the bullpen and becomes a high-leverage guy. Uh, Cam Bedrosian would probably be the best option, uh, but he just landed on the injured list with a groin strain. It's not really a great bullpen depth chart in general, to be honest, especially if, if Robles isn't going to pitch like he did last year. Um, all right. Anyway, I, I said I was going to do these quickly. The Rockies, uh, who are actually in first place in the NL West uh, right now, a record of eight and two coming into the night on Wednesday. Uh, they lost Wade Davis to a shoulder strain earlier this week and also announced that Scott Oberg is dealing with the same blood clot issue that ended his 2019 season. Um, kind, yeah, kind of a, a scary thing there. It's not clear if Oberg's going to be able to pitch at all this year. I, I would kind of bet against it. 
Um, so it looks like Jairo Diaz is going to be the closer in the short term or possibly the long term if Wade Davis doesn't come back. Uh, Yancy Almonte earned a save on Tuesday night, but that was only because Diaz got saves on both Sunday and Monday. Um, so Jairo Diaz, pick him up if he's still available. And then the Cubs, uh, Craig Kimbrell's struggles have continued. He now has an 8.46 ERA in 26 appearances since signing that three-year, $43 million contract last June. Um, I'll give some, cre- some credit to uh, David Ross, the new manager in there, uh, the new manager there in Chicago. He pulled Kimbrell before it got too ugly on Tuesday night against the Royals, went with Kyle Ryan to secure the save in that situation. Jeremy Jeffress got a save in the opening week of the season, but Rowan Wick is the team leader in saves with two right now, and I, I think he's definitely the guy to roster if you can only roster one. I think it's Rowan Wick. Um, Keone, Keone Kella is throwing bullpen sessions again after a COVID-19 diagnosis, missed all or most of summer camp. It looks like he'll be he'll be back soon as the closer for the Pirates. They placed Nick Birdie on the 45-day injured list Wednesday with what what is clearly a serious elbow issue. I don't think there's an exact publicly announced diagnosis for that, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be back this year. So, I mean, Kella should be the only guy to roster in, from that bullpen when he comes back. Um, the Nationals... Daniel Hudson has two saves to zero for Sean Doolittle. This is one of the teams that was put on pause, you know, as part of the Marlins COVID-19 fallout. So they haven't played many games. I wouldn't drop Doolittle. Um, I just think Hudson and Doolittle should probably both be rostered. There there are a lot of situations like that around the league um, where you really want the two best pitchers in every bullpen. Um, outside of some of some of the bullpens that don't have a great depth chart, like the Pirates, who I just talked about, but I think Hudson and Doolittle are both worth owning, and it looks like Hudson might actually be the preferred guy uh, for manager Dave Martinez. But we'll see as they actually start playing more games. Um, and then I feel like to end the show, we should just like throw a party for Nick Anderson finally getting his <laughs> first save with the Rays on Tuesday night. He carries like standalone value. Uh, for the ratios, the Ks, the, the ERAs, the whip, that he doesn't walk anybody, you know, even if he's not getting ninth inning chances. But obviously you drafted him this spring and summer hoping for saves. And I mean, hopefully more will come, but you know, the Rays are, are creative with their, with their pitching roles. They're going to use their best reliever to put out fires, even if it's in the fifth or sixth inning. And, and Anderson's kind of been pitching all over the place and you know, they use openers in Tampa Bay, too. So it's it's something that's hard to track. But I think you still want to keep him. I think he's still the probably the best reliever in that bullpen, even though it's a, a very talented bullpen top to bottom. Well, uh, as far as closers go, um, good luck. That's all I can say. Uh, I, I, should, I should mention one, one more. Kwang Young Kim of oh, the yeah. Cardinals. That's right. Yeah, that came out uh, on Wednesday evening that he's moving back into the Cardinals rotation when they restart on Friday. Um, and Mike Schilt, manager Mike Schilt was asked uh, who's going to be the closer. He mentioned Ryan Helsley first and then mentioned him again. Um, Giovanni Gallegos is healthy again after missing most of summer camp for undisclosed reasons. But I don't know. I think it could be Helsley. He's got the stuff to do with a hard thrower with some good secondary pitches. He was a starter in the minors, but um, I don't know. The, the back end of the bullpen is where he could wind up. All right, I, f- I feel like we talked a lot of pitching this week, so maybe next yeah. week we'll we'll try to think of some stuff for for hitters. We'll try to think of a good topic 
uh, for you guys. Maybe like some sort of ranking thing. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out, but uh, I think it would be fun to do that. So until then, uh, if you like what you're hearing with the show, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. We'd really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.